A close loss for the sky, but a lot of positive signs out of Chicago. James K is here to explain it all. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there, everyone, and happy Tuesday to you. I am Howard Megdahl, founder and editor of The Next, reminding you you can follow us every day by making us your first listen and then subscribing or even just follow us on Twitter at Locked on WBB. We do daily podcasts on the game, really worth your time. My staff at The Next just does an incredible job. James Kay, who we'll get to momentarily among them, uh, and Make sure you're following the work they're doing at thenexthoops.com as well. Uh, 24-7, 365 coverage of the women's game. Uh, James, it's worth pointing out, does really good work for us, uh, works for the Chicago Tribune, does terrific work, Skyhook podcast. You know, James is always value add wherever he is. And so I guess that is why you got such a friendly, positive reaction from Chicago Sky head coach James Wade when you asked him a question this weekend. Is that is that how it went down? Yeah, not quite. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny with that interaction because I'm actually probably one of the few people that went into that game saying, I'm not really sure about the Las Vegas Aces. And if those who didn't hear the interaction between me and James yes. Wade, I referred to the Aces as one of the best teams in the league. And then James it's was – indisputable one of the best teams of course right exactly one of the best teams james said that (laughs) he wanted the media continue to refer to the aces as the best team and as he was leaving the presser he said all hell las vegas you know you got to find the fire wherever it blazes within you but at the same time i i was a little miffed by that you know i mean i again i still have questions about the aces depth and i said that on my podcast the day before so Yeah, that was a funny moment, you know, and I think that James just likes to motivate his team, which I think you kind of have to respect as a, you know, as if you're an admirer of the sky. He plays the game. I No, listen, James Wade, hats off to him. He plays the game. Sometimes he utilizes us in order (laughs) to play the game. But at the same time, as I understand it, Chelsea Gray on the broadcast talked about that people were overlooking the aces. So... (laughs) <laughs> it's just, is everybody just overlooked? You know, I, I it kind of drives me crazy. It's, oh, we got to give this person their flowers. And it's just like, there's a lot of flowers that are being given out already. So I'm, I'm not sure the aces are being overlooked. I don't know that the sky are being overlooked as defending champions. I think all these teams are among the best teams in the WNBA. And so I thought your piece, which people can read over at the nexttoops.com right now, really got into it. That despite the losses, and, and even just, you don't have to go much beyond the top line. Uh, you did. And it's really worth your time to read, uh, everyone uh, listening here. But, you know, net rating, for instance, the Sky are fourth in the league at 4.9. You know, it, there's a lot of reasons when you get just beyond even that four and three record, which I know it probably isn't where they want to be, although 
it's ahead of where they were at this point in the year last year, that the Chicago Sky have a lot of reasons for optimism at this point. And so take me through, if you could, just some of the biggest stat numbers that jumped out at you as far as what they've done so far. So over the last few games, I should say the first five games of the season, the Sky really weren't pushing the pace, which is abnormal for a James Wade-led team. He's someone that really does like to initiate, like have his teams take advantage of early offense and getting out in the break. And we weren't seeing that at the top of the season. And that's largely due to Kalia Copper not being on this team from the onset. And the Sky really going with a three-headed monster in the front court with Emma Mieseman, Azare Stevens, and Candace Parker, who I, I would say outside of Candace, who was just a terrific passer in transition, that that wasn't a team that really was going to get on the break as much just because they were just a little bit slower than when you add someone like Kalia Copper, who was second in fast break points per game last year. So when they added Kalia Copper back, they started to jump out a little bit more in transition. So through the first four games in 2022, the Sky were last in the league or had the slowest rate, I should say, in seconds per possession after a defensive rebound. And now they, in the last three games with Copper, that number has gone up to 10.4 seconds per possession after a defensive rebound. We're already seeing the difference that Kalia Copper can make. And to me, that's how the Sky are going to be able to be successful moving forward is just playing James Wade basketball where you're not letting the other team set up on the defensive end and you're pushing the pace. So, you know, I asked Courtney Vandersloot and James Wade about like, hey, you guys are not playing out in transition as much as you were last year. And they said, just give it time. Like they they wanted me to be patient with uh, before writing that story. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think it's just kind of interesting to see how different this guy team is look at the beginning to where they are now. And again, it's even borne out by just, you know, pace itself, right? This was a team that was third in the WNBA in pace last year, seventh overall so far this year. But if you go by last three games, the second they're one of the only teams at 100 plus, uh, the only other one being uh, the Las Vegas Aces, one of the best teams in the WNBA. And so, you know, that seems to be normalizing in some fundamental ways. There's another side that you highlighted, uh, which is not yet normalizing, but pretty clearly is going to. Uh, and that is their three point shooting. <laughs> yes, that is. I mean, I couldn't believe that how like the, the Sky team that I was watching, I've never seen them shoot this poorly from beyond the arc. And especially Ali Quigley, who I mentioned this in my article as well, but she's only had, I believe, three games where she's shot under 11% from the field since right. 2017 when she was an all-star. So it's incredible to just see like the Courtney Vandersloot was a little bit off. Ali Quigley was a little bit off. Azrae Stevens went 0 for 4 from three-point range. And they still drew, like, got the game, like the deficit down against the Aces, an 18 point deficit in the third quarter to a four point game with 36 seconds left. I mean, I think that actually is a positive more than anything else. It's like you, the other team, they're, they're all their starters, like the Aces, their starters scored all 83 points that they had against the, against the Sky. And the Sky were still able to hang in there. And I kind of think that's probably one of the reasons why James Wade had so much fire after the game almost because it's like oh this is actually this could be looked at as a positive that when we're not shooting that well that we can still win in other ways so um 
I mean, yeah. against one of the WNBA's best teams in the Las Vegas Aces. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy just because I really think that Vegas is in a tough spot right now. Like, they didn't have Raquana Williams last mm-hmm. this past game, and they really relied on the starters. But those that starting five with the Aces going into that game against Chicago, they had the, the best net rating for the five-person lineup in the WNBA. And... Kelsey Miss Kelsey Plum has looked incredible. She's someone that is, I don't know. I mean, we, we talk about Jackie Young and Asia Wilson as an MVP candidate. It'd be kind of crazy to see if, you, if if Plum is able to get her assist numbers up, if she can enter that conversation. Because live, it was unbelievable. She ought to be. You know, Matthew Walter did a terrific piece over at thenetstoops.com uh, all about Kelsey Plum. Got to spend some time with her and isolate on what has made her year so special. But as somebody who's covered uh, Plum dating back to her uh, University of Washington days, <laughs> we to see everything finally coming together for her. Somebody who nobody works harder than Kelsey Plum. You know, and so to see her finally get the opportunity where she has a coach who's believing in her, she has the opportunity to put those minutes on the board. Uh, she's getting to play in an offense that, highlights her strengths the way the Mike Neighbors offense did. Uh, It's just delightful to see. Uh, I do want to get into the weeds a little more on the three-point shooting because it's interesting to me. But first, I want to tell you all about prize picks. And prize picks is such a cool daily fantasy made easy. It's a daily fantasy option for the NBA, but something that is close to my heart, it is a daily fantasy option for the WNBA. Again, this is how... We bridge the gap, not just through the daily podcast, not just through the coverage, but, you know, host of different ways. It's really easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. So you're not playing against anybody else or the house. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe and offering fast withdrawals. Use the award winning app on either the App Store or Google Play. Uh, for a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free. If a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, you must use, though, code NBA. Exclusive offer for Lockdown fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 for free. So that is PrizePix. And again, the wise betting says that somebody like Ali Quigley is going to shoot better than 16.7% from three-point range (laughs) over the course of the year. It's always, to this day, a very strange thing when I see Allie shoot and she misses. Now, she misses plenty. You know, even when you shoot 40 45%, you're missing more than you're making. But I see Allie quickly shoot, and I expect it to go in. However, however, Dana Evans is shooting 42.9% from three. And so my question for you is, we have a bunch of players on the Chicago team that you would expect to normalize to a better three-point shot, right? You know, Copper at 25%. Vandersloot even at 33 is below yeah. her average. Emma Meesman at 25 But we've seen some things like Dana Evans and even Rebecca Gardner, um, you know, at 37.5%. Do you think those are legit? And do you think it's it's purely upside when we think about regression to the mean as it relates to their shooting? I think there is no fluke in how Dana Evans played up to this point. She's someone that, 
I think I said this on the last podcast potentially, but she told me before the season she wants to become the best guard in the league at a certain point. And she's carried herself that way. She's not phased at all by anyone who's in front of her. And she kind of has, I don't know, she just has like the ultimate confidence you need to succeed at this level. And she's really made this huge jump. You, you, I saw it throughout all of training camp. I was there pretty much every day and she just can shoot the lights out. So she's going to be super important for this team right now where they're still waiting on Julie Alleman. She is playing in the finals overseas. And I think she's probably going to be back next week. And, you know, Dana Evans has done a great job backing up Courtney Vandersloot, who kind of looks a little bit hobbled um, that she's still managing a right foot injury. And we even saw last game how, when she went down, I think it was like in the first or second quarter, and this is just how tough Courtney Vandersloot is, but she went down and she immediately like lifted her, like the bottom of her leg up just because like it clearly looked like her, her foot was injured, like her was hurting her. And, you know, she played through the rest of the game, but she, even against the link, she played just 21 minutes. I mean, I can't even think of any games where Courtney Vandersloot has played only 21 minutes in a basketball game. So, Dana Evans has just been super important because she's able to just come in and, you know, be the microwave that they need, but also just fill in for Sloot when she's been, you know, when she goes to the bench. It's just a very different thing for a, a Chicago Sky team not to be that reliant on Courtney Vandersloot. And it's got to be a net positive without question. I mean, you know, Dana Evans plays with such fire and uh, has been a delight to watch, you know, since her Louisville days, uh, but clearly is finding a comfort level. And I just, you know, there's this balance in this team. You know, you talk about the depth of the aces uh, potentially being challenged. It's hard to see the depth being challenged for the Chicago Sky when you've got Parker. I mean, points per game is a lousy stat, you know, because – of the limitations of it. It's, uh, let, let's say, a, um, a less useful stat to identify a range of different things. But it does kind of give you a sense of where the scoring's coming from, obviously. And so Parker is 13.9 points per game, but there are no fewer than eight Chicago Sky players averaging nine points per game or more. And so to have everyone bunched in that way, it seems like, especially when among that group are people who can flat out take over games, Candace Parker on down. You know, the eighth leading scorer is Allie Quigley. Allie Quigley can go for 30 on the right <laughs> now. And it just strikes me as an opportunity for them to have a lot of different heroes in what is a truncated schedule, as we've talked about. How are you supposed to game plan for this team? You know, if they throw out that lineup of Emma Miesemann, Candace Parker, and Azrae Stevens, okay, now you have to match their size. Okay, Connecticut can do that. But okay, but then you have to play game plan for a lineup that has Vander Quiggs, Kalia Copper, Emma Miesemann, and Candace Parker. So now we're talking about Emma Miesemann, who I think is a defensive player of the year candidate, mm-hmm. and Candace Parker, who could be an MVP candidate. And just given, I mean, the narratives attached to it, and the, I mean, she's looked incredible this year. I can't state that enough how live she just it just jumps out to you how important she is to this team. So I don't know. I how do you're want, supposed to, yeah. I do just want to point out with Emma Meesman, Jen Hatfield wrote a fantastic piece about Emma when she returned to DC last weekend. Uh, go check that out at the next Again, I, I know say it a lot. We cover everything. 
We have yeah. more than 100 reported pieces every month. So make sure you are subscribing. It's $9 a month or $72 a year. We've had this ongoing offer where we'll pay for your lead pass. So it costs $47.01. We take $24.99 off. Use that for lead pass. You can watch all the games. You get 100 plus reported pieces per month. So make sure you're subscribing over at thenextoops.com. And and I just, I hate to throw that in again in the middle of it, but just every single player who comes up, we've got somebody who wrote an in-depth profile about them. And that's yeah. in the past week. So it's just a crazy thing uh, to consider. But anyway, Emma Eastman, absolutely. Defense player of the year. Somebody who's capable of scoring in bunches. Even Rebecca Gardner, look at what they've gotten out of Rebecca Gardner so far, a 31-year-old rookie. She's had 10 or more points in, I think, four of her six games with the Sky already. And when you're looking – look, and I was guilty of this. I looked at the wing free agent market last offseason, and I just wasn't as – I didn't think it was as deep as it had been in previous years. And – when you look at how the sky lost Crystal Bradford, who was going to play a significant role on that team, James Wade told me that in the off season after, you know, that they released, they had to waive her too, because she, I think is still out. I think she's not going to be ready to go until like halfway through the season. I was really concerned for the sky and just looking at like, just critically thinking like, how are they going to figure out who's going to back up Kalia Copper? I mean, you can make it work in a lot of different ways, but, I just don't think there was an obvious candidate for someone to come in and be the kind of player that you need when Kalia Copper takes a seat. And Rebecca mm-hmm. Gardner has just been everything for the sky. I mean, she's so quick and she, I mean, James Wade clearly found a gem in her because I think that if we were starting the off season over, she would be getting a multi-year deal from someone as just someone that uh, could be a difference maker in your second unit. The reality of this is, and I'm guilty of it too, and you have to change the way you think about it. These rookies, you know, these veterans who are playing, who are developing overseas in the same way that on the NBA side, you they wouldn't be out of sight, out of mind. They'd have been in the G League. You'd see somebody putting up big G League numbers and you'd say, hey, that person could earn a call up. That person could help us. That universe is significantly expanded and it's a lot harder to keep track of Uh, For teams as well, you know, for teams as well who have to stay on top of who is learning how to play in a way that's going to ultimately help a WNBA team. Uh, But obviously, and James Wade's very good at this because he is navigating that in his life every single year. uh, But he understands who is developing which skills in which country and bringing it back to the United States. It helps that he lives in southern France in the offseason, you know, so he can mean. Rebecca Gardner, I believe, was like an hour and 40 minutes away from where James Wade lived. So he could just go up there. He saw her three times and was just convinced that this was the person who was going to fill in that vacancy behind Kalia Copper. So everything that Rebecca Gardner has been, I believe that the Sky are completely satisfied with because she's really been a difference maker. It's hard not to be. And you'd have to be thrilled about it if you're James Wade. I'm sure he is. Um, you, You know, again, let's talk about what is ahead for the game Tuesday night against Mm -hmm. Mercury. But before we do, I need to talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of mates and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So you're sitting there, you're talking to the guy, you're saying, hey, this is what's going on with my car. This is what we need. They're just ordering the parts on their computer. Well, 
you have a computer, right? You can just go to rockauto.com and get the same exact service and you can save the money. You can avoid the markup, right? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So the Phoenix Mercury come to town tonight. Their net rating is minus 9.8. Their defensive rating is 108.4, which to give your context for that, the worst team defensively last year was the Indiana Fever at 107.8. So they're playing below 2021 Fever level defense coming into this one. How confident do you think the sky are going into this? And what are some things that you think get right as by virtue of playing against a struggling Phoenix Mercury team? I really think they're going to try to make a statement tonight. And when, again, when they go five for 31 from three point range, you just want to improve those numbers. I mean, shooting 16% is not ideal. And I do think they want to just come have the, their, finals foes from last year come in and just batter them. I mean, it would be a really good sign for them to just get things back on track, even though, again, I don't think the Aces game was that big of a deal this early on in the season. I've Over the last few years covering the W, I've learned to just like rein it in a little bit, know that it's a long season. And when I look at this Phoenix Mercury team, I mean, their last over the last four games, their last in opponent field goal percentage and opponent three-point percentage so when I look at this team that's just really struggling right now, it's like, like you said, they one of the worst defenses in the WNBA right now. I just have a hard time seeing the sky faltering in a matchup like this. And I, I think we're going to see uh, – I think they're going to at least put up 100 points on the Mercury. So, um, yeah, I expect this to be, a, you know, 10 or 5 players scoring over 10 or more points. Just It's kind of just the way that James Wade likes to utilize his rotations and get everybody – touches so yeah i think it's going to be a blowout <laughs> when you are in the post game with james wade tonight are you going to ask a mercury question with the preface uh given that this is one of the best teams in the wnba <laughs> i'll probably preface it saying uh it's they're the best team in the wnba um, should. you should I, as a team that's clearly better than the sky or anybody else i think would be the way i would sort of introduce that question um, i mean there's no other way of doing it howard i mean <laughs> you know I, I try not to poke the bear you know but uh no i think that again i i kind of love the energy that james had after the game it's just where it was directed it's just beyond me because the aces being the best team didn't come for me man so We'll they see are. what uh, happens tonight and if the Sky prove that they're the best team in the league. <laughs> oh, certainly one of. Well, it is delightful to split hairs with you, James. Make <laughs> sure you're following James uh, on Twitter. Make sure you're following all the great work he's doing here and everywhere else. Uh, always delightful. And now that you've made us your first listen, uh, I need you to know, listeners, there's a league where men play basketball, too. Uh, it's called the NBA. And so from the first tip off of the play in tournament right through the NBA finals, uh, which are um, about to get started in earnest, you can listen to wonderful evaluations and breakdowns of everything that's going on 
with the WNBA's Brother League. So make sure you make us your first listen. You make Locked on NBA your second listen. Uh, James K., thank you for your time. We will be talking soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Howard. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.